Tracking COVID's impact on Illinois jobs as after six months, nearly half a million are still looking for work. And economists worry about a second wave of layoffs as federal coronavirus relief funds run out. And a high-rise tower that had all the makings of success. And then things got complicated. Its hotel partner bailed. A plan to sell to Chinese buyers failed. The downtown market tanked. A major design flaw was revealed. And then came the pandemic and civil unrest. Crane's residential real estate reporter Dennis Rodkin joins the podcast today with more. Delivery day is coming. And if I really don't want that $10 million condo that I put my money down on, I need to sort of make some arrangements before delivery day or the $9.5 million one down below. I'm Amy Guth, and this is Crane's Daily Gist. It's somehow already Monday, September 21st. When it comes to a professional like your doctor or lawyer, you want someone who knows you well. Wintrust believes you should have the same relationship with your banker, someone you can call directly and know they'll understand your concerns. Thousands of local business owners called their Wintrust banker when they needed Paycheck Protection Program loans. They called, Wintrust answered, and helped more than 11,000 local businesses secure funding. Learn more at Wintrust.com slash Daily Gist. Member FDIC. We're joined now by Crane's residential real estate reporter, Dennis Rodkin. So, Dennis, we've talked about bits and pieces of Vista Tower, which is this very large high-rise that is nearing completion on East Wacker Drive. It's from architect Jeannie Gang. But there's a lot going on around this one building. Tell me about this story. Well, yeah. So, we've covered the episodic news over the course of the last few months of some things that have happened, lawsuits and the departure uh, or potential departure of the hotel partner and things like that. The idea with this story was to say it's four years since the groundbreaking. They're about to start delivering condos sometime later this year. So where are we? And really where we are is a whole lot has changed uh, for the developers of Vista Tower in that four years. And so I sort of tried to round everything up and to give sort of the greatest hits, I'll say the partner, the investor from China, Dalian Wanda, has moved on. So we found in the reporting, I found in the reporting of this story that that's not technically accurate. The deal hasn't yet closed. So that's one of the reasons there's so much uncertainty. Uh, Magellan, the Chicago-based partner, which is planned to buy out Dalian Wanda, the China-based partner, can't say anything, apparently, about what the next hotel will be or if there is a next hotel until this investor who was going to run the hotel is well and truly gone after a closing later this fall. And that sort of piece of uncertainty hangs over a couple of the lawsuits by the $10 million buyer who says he wants out because there's no hotel. There are other things that have changed in the course of the four years. There was originally a plan to sell to some number of Chinese buyers when this building first started going up. A lot of Chinese people were buying U.S. real estate. And really, right after the groundbreaking, which was attended by the Chinese consul and the head of the Chinese uh, Chamber of Commerce in the Midwest, right after that, China started cracking down on the leakage of Chinese currency into American real estate. So that buyer population disappeared. We also know that the building had to be changed a little bit. The building was going to be smooth all the way up, but now there's a gap. 
up in the 80s, there was a floor removed for a blow-through floor, and you can see that really from any angle when you look at Vista. There have been a couple of other things. Uh, so this was sort of pulling the ball together and saying, now going into the delivery period, you're half sold. There's very little demand downtown. We've talked about how there's this enormous backlog of unsold condos in downtown Chicago. What's going to happen? And so that was sort of the question. What what happens with Vista as they come to deliver? And David Carlin's the CEO of Magellan said that he thinks, first of all, when that Galleon Wanda deal closes and they can move forward with another hotel, a whole chunk of uncertainty goes away. Uh, he also said that he thinks buyers are a lot more inclined these days to wait until the building, if you haven't bought within a few months of finishing, you wait till it's finished so you can walk through and feel it, look at it, smell it. But I'd also talked to a real estate agent who said he thinks that people are probably waiting because Given the huge challenges in the downtown condo market, he thinks that Vista will have to drop prices to get that remaining roughly 200 condos sold. And there's so many issues that converge here in this story. But, you know, I think it should be noted that the developers have a $700 million construction loan, which is one of the biggest ever in Chicago. That's that's a pretty significant amount. So, I mean, that's that's kind of why I think so many eyes are on this of, okay, what happens now? If you were going to rewind and say, this is, seems to be the thing that set off this chain of events, what is that one thing that really seemed to set it off? Or was there not just one thing? Was it just the convergence of a lot of issues that happened at once? Well, I think, you know, to be a developer of a high rise, you have to be optimistic because you're always starting several years before you're going to finish. I mean, that's just the nature of building something so big. Uh, and so they looked at the ground, looked at the climate at the time. The Chinese economy was booming. The Dalian Wanda company in China was booming and was moving into a very large-scale um, investment in U.S. and around the world real estate and had this sort of glittering brand of hotel that they wanted to start their American chain of hotels in Chicago. Uh, and, and at the same time, the idea was if you bring in this Chinese brand, you also are very likely to get Chinese buyers. Now, there's a big question about how many they would have gotten. David Carlin said, you know, we're really tight about not selling to buyers who are going to flip. We want full-time residents. And so he said we probably wouldn't have gotten that many Chinese buyers anyway, but they would have gotten some. Uh, and so I think part of it is just that nobody could have said back then, well, I certainly couldn't, and, and it's doesn't appear Magellan could have said that entire Chinese boom is just going to move away. And then add in uh, what you and I talked about recently of these condo buyers that have said, hey, this is not quite what I signed up for and then have tried to pull back. Has anything updated with those stories? No, neither of those lawsuits has moved forward yet. I think we will probably hear in the near future, uh, whether it's that Magellan has resolved with them or it's gone forward in the courts, because uh, one thing that's happened, you know, delivery day is coming. And if I really don't want that $10 million condo that I put my money down on, I need to sort of make some arrangements before delivery day or the $9.5 million one down below. Okay, so you said that to be a high-rise developer, you have to be very optimistic. Given all of this, where is the optimism going forward? For one thing, they have half their units sold, right? And they have uh, sort of a runway until they have to pay off the construction loan. You pay off 
your construction loan as it goes, not all in one lump sum. And let's look at the bright sides here. It's a really remarkable building. It's quite an addition to the uh, skyline. And the hotel, according to um, David Carlin, the hotel was all nearly finished. So if it turns out that Wanda is not the hotel operator, and according to him, that is still in question because of their contract. If they're not the hotel operator, then Carlin's and Magellan are able to go to other hotel brands and say, look, we've got a finished hotel for you to go into, which I think would be, if the hospitality industry comes back, would probably be a really good opportunity. Now, one of the problems is, does the hospitality industry come back? I think 750,000 nights this year because of conventions canceling, according to a story Danny Ecker did. So, you know, it's great that you've got this high level of finish in a completed hotel, but is there somebody who wants it? Yeah, a lot of questions remain. What will you be watching most in just the next few weeks with Vista Tower? Well, the one thing that won't happen in the next few weeks, but I will be watching over the course of the next several months, is are there price cuts? You know, there are, there are something like 200 condos left to sell in the building. And the building has, they've been going for sort of a thousand, thirteen hundred dollar a square foot range. They've been asking, I should say. And that's not a figure that we sell a lot of condos at in Chicago. So does Magellan sort of decide, well, we've got to bring those prices down, which has all sorts of implications for the people who've already put one under contract or bought, but it would of course, help to fill the building up. I'm not, I have no insight with into whether they will or won't. David Carlin wouldn't comment on that, but that's the sort of thing we'll definitely watch for. Well, we will keep turning to you for the latest about this and many other residential real estate stories. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk today. Thanks, Amy. Coming up, if you applied to vote by mail, but then you got a letter saying that you didn't, you might be confused, understandably so. We'll talk about the story behind the snafu and what you can do about it. All that and more right after this. Businesses looking for help in navigating the COVID-19 crisis should check out Small Business Lifeline, a new weekly podcast from Cranes. Every Thursday, the free Small Business Lifeline will offer expert advice and information on accessing needed resources during the crisis. Listen to Small Business Lifeline at chicagobusiness.com slash SBL. I'm Cranes reporter A.D. Quigg, and you're listening to Cranes Daily Gist with Amy Guth. 800,000 workers in Illinois lost their jobs in March and April, which is the sharpest decline since the state started tracking employment in the 1940s. One out of every eight jobs disappeared after all but the most essential businesses were ordered to close down earlier this year out of safety measures. There has been some rebound in employment as segments of the economy reopened, but nearly 430,000 Illinois jobs, or about 7%, still have not been recovered as of the end of August. That's slightly lower than the nationwide decline of 7.6%. And the state's economy is likely to get worse before it gets better as federal coronavirus relief funds, such as $600 a week in extra unemployment benefits for workers or paycheck protection program loans to companies, all run out. And the layoffs have hit hardest among lower earning workers who tend to spend most, if not all, of their earnings on basic necessities rather than, say, setting the money aside as a higher paid person can. And that means their job losses will translate directly into lower spending, which will hurt businesses and potentially trigger even more layoffs. Alexander Bartik, who is an economist at the University of Illinois, told Cranes, quote, the roll off of stimulus will hit hard, continuing, a lot of people will have big drops in income. A lot of people are going to be hesitant to spend. 
and many small businesses aren't likely to fare much better. Bartik and colleagues surveyed nearly 6,000 of them as COVID shutdowns first took hold. He says 60% of businesses said they wouldn't be able to last six months. Continuing by saying if a lot of firms had one to two months cash cushion, they get some PPP money, maybe they last another three to four months. He also added, we're starting to get to that point where they run out of money. Retailers are at risk from any hit to consumer spending, especially heading into the holiday shopping season. Retail employment already is down about 4% since March. But COVID-19 has taken the greatest tolls on hotels, restaurants, and aviation. That based on layoff notices filed with the state of Illinois. Between March and August, hotels said they would lay off nearly 19,000 workers. Airlines, car rental agencies, and caterers planned nearly 13,000 layoffs while restaurants plan to eliminate more than 4,000 jobs. But here's something that's important to keep in mind. Such filings represent only a fraction of job losses because not all companies are required to file such notices. But they do reveal where, within the broader industry categories, the cutbacks have been the most severe. Sam Toya, who's the CEO of the Illinois Restaurant Association, estimates that over 80,000 workers in the hospitality and restaurant business are still out of work, adding that that number could rise since, as weather cools off, restaurants who turn to alfresco dining in order to stay afloat this summer won't have that option for much longer. Arts and entertainment, which spans everything from theaters to theme parks, has seen the greatest employment drop-off in percentage terms, falling 27%, according to the Illinois Department of Employment Security. The travel industry, from airlines to hotels, is slowly picking up, but it's nowhere close to normal. Air travel remains down 70%, and airlines are bracing for staff cuts of 25% or more if federal support isn't extended. Manufacturing employment is down 3%, and construction is down 7%. Non-durable goods manufacturing, such as food, has seen a slight increase in jobs, according to state data. But there are some pockets of growth, such as technology, supply chain, human resources, financial services, and healthcare. That, according to Tom Gimbel, who's CEO of the LaSalle Network, a recruiting and staffing company. With airline traffic projected to stall until the middle of the decade, the Lightfoot administration is now pondering whether to delay the $8.5 billion terminal expansion project at O'Hare that it inherited from former mayor Rahm Emanuel. Documents that the city filed as part of a pending deal to refinance $1.24 billion in O'Hare debt indicate that city officials are now, quote, assessing timing on the terminal area project, and the current 2028 completion date is, quote, subject to change. A consultant analysis that is included in official documents explains why. With the pandemic still happening and discouraging many travelers from flying, the number of passengers boarding aircraft at O'Hare is expected to drop over 62% this year. And recovery is expected to be slow, with the 2019 levels predicted to not be happening again until 2024. In a statement, spokesperson Matt McGrath said the city is, quote, moving forward, period, full stop, with the terminal project. He pointed to construction on new runways that's about to wrap up and $1 billion in new gates being added to Terminal 5, which is the first part of the project. He also told Cranes that the project is in the early design and environmental approval stage, which has, quote, provided us the flexibility to stay on course and not make sudden decisions, continuing by saying that that has provided flexibility to, quote, move forward in a more efficient and economical way, as well as to assess longer-term impacts of the pandemic on traveler expectations. 
The parent company of Chicago-based Byline Bank plans to shutter 20% of its branches, making it the first local bank to take such measures, though likely not the last. More specifically, the company announced that Byline will close 11 of its 57 branches earlier next year. CEO Alberto Parenchini said in a statement, quote, The changes we are making to our retail branch network reflect the accelerating adoption of digital banking channels by our customers that has occurred during the COVID-19 pandemic. We are continuing to invest in technology that will further enhance our digital banking platform and enable us to respond to changing customer preferences. Byline, with $6.2 billion in assets, has been among the area's most aggressive branch closers over the past few years. It had 90 locations in mid-2015, many of which were in the city. And now, nearly half of its 57 branches are in Chicago. Byline said it expects to record a one-time charge of $5.9 million tied to its branch closures, which will save the bank about $4.3 million annually beginning in 2021. Okay, so a new state law that was supposed to make it easier to vote by mail this fall is having an unintended side effect. Under the new state law, which was adopted this spring with an eye towards helping voters safely navigate the COVID-19 pandemic, just about all voters are supposed to automatically get applications to vote by mail instead of having to crowd into a local polling place. And so to make sure they actually get the application and perhaps to nudge people to fill it out, return it and vote, a follow-up letter is supposed to go to those who don't reply. But the list of those who haven't responded is as much as three weeks out of date, according to the Illinois State Board of Elections, which means, according to the board's spokesperson, conceivably a couple hundred thousand people who did apply for mail ballots are getting letters saying that they did not. And here's the deal with that. Under the law, no later than September 15th, Illinois Secretary of State Jesse White's office is supposed to send mail to anyone who hasn't returned the mail ballot application sent to them by the local county clerk or in Chicago, the City Board of Elections. A spokesperson said they did just that and sent out somewhere in the neighborhood of 6.4 million letters. But the names of those getting the letters came from the state election board, and it got the list of names from the state's 102 county clerks and the city board. And the spokesperson says that it's an issue because some of those clerks submitted their lists a little too early. And so both the state board and White's office needed time to process all of that mail. Which is all to say, if you actually did fill out a mail ballot application as late as August 27th, your name may not have shown up yet on the list of those getting their letter from the Secretary of State that was mailed no later than September 15th. So if you got such a letter and did in fact apply for a mail-in ballot, the office suggests checking with your local election authority to make sure that they got your request. So far, 1.7 million Illinois residents have formally requested a mail ballot, and those should go out later this month. Meanwhile, brace yourself for a rerun of sorts in October. Under the new law, by October the 15th, the Secretary of State's office is supposed to send out a second reminder letter to anyone who hasn't returned their mail ballot application. And that's Crane's Daily Gist for now. Our continuous news feed lives at chicagobusiness.com. Thanks so much to our guest today, Crane's residential real estate reporter, Dennis Rodkin. Be sure to subscribe to these conversations on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you like to get your audio on demand. And find hashtag Crane's Daily Gist on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And let's continue talking there about these and other business stories. Our show is produced by Todd Manley at Earsight Studios. I'm Amy Guth. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll meet you right back here next time.